And the tough part is that most people think that those are the only two options they have. I have two extremes. Either I have to take no risk with my money and barely keep up with inflation, or I've got to keep my money at risk and there's a potential risk that I'm going to lose it all. And so I either have, I have two extremes that I don't really love either one of them, but there is something in the middle. There are other options than just saying I have to have all my money at no risk. Everything needs to be principal guaranteed, or I have to have all my money at risk. Um, and part of planning is determining how much of that money you should have no risk with, how much of your assets you should have risk with. Hello, and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland. Welcome back, Stephen. Great to be back here, Paul. Yeah, we're excited uh, to be able to continue our conversations here. Uh, the season so far, we've uh, this is episode five. Amazing. I mean, it, it, it's it's hard to believe. We always seem to keep going and go, wow, I can't believe we've gone that far already, right? Yeah, it's been exciting. You know, every uh, season has its own theme. Yep. And so uh, for season five this year, obviously, this is the first season we've done video along with the audio. So we're excited about that. Yes. Uh, for people to watch us on YouTube or whichever method they like to watch us on, but also listen to it and view us at the same time. So season five has been exciting so far, especially for us. I know I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you are too. Absolutely. And, and hopefully they are too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so one of the things we've been doing is we've been talking about the seven areas of financial planning. Mm -hmm. And again, we want to remind anyone, if this is the first time watching, if you've come across this for the first time, you've had someone share it with you, whatever it is, the YouTube algorithm puts mm -hmm. this in your you yeah. know, possible to view list yeah. here and you come across this. We always want to start with the end in mind. And what is the end in mind when we talk about seven areas of financial planning? Well, the ultimate goal is freedom. Uh, so we look at seven areas of financial planning. One of the seven areas is freedom planning, but it really encompasses the whole thing. The freedom to give and to serve and to enjoy life. We know that when people have a plan, uh, they are going to be more free. And the ultimate goal of all of our retirement planning is that freedom. When someone is free to give when someone's free to have enough time to serve in where they want to and just be able to enjoy life, we know that they are truly free. And so that's the whole goal of the course, of the podcast, of everything that we do, freedom planning. But we know that freedom planning doesn't just happen. There's these other six areas, liquidity, income, growth, tax, legacy, and insurance. Once you have a plan in each one of those six areas, then you're going to have freedoms. So it's a little step-by-step -step process, and we're right in the middle of it now here in Season 5. Yeah, absolutely. And again, when we talk about the freedom plan, that's that goes right in line with the mission of Wise Wealth. And, you know, that the hashtag that we've created, and uh, you may stumble across it, but it's the hashtag GSEL, forgive, serve, and enjoy life, because that's what we want people to be able to do. But that does not happen by accident. You do have to plan for it. And so when we plan through these seven areas, that is the end result. But that's also what we're gauging everything against. Yeah. And so last episode, we were talking about the income planning aspect of it. And we talked about budgeting mm -hmm. and knowing how much you need for both living expenses mm -hmm. and lifestyle expenses. And when we think about that, as we take a, a small step back just to recap that, when we talk about it from the standpoint of giving, serving, and enjoying life, this is where, when we talk about how it guides it, you build that in. Mm -hmm. 
you start to have those conversations with your with your spouse and say, how do we want to give in retirement? How do we want to serve in retirement? How do we enjoy life in retirement? And as you mentioned, it may be different for each of them, but you you assign a number to that yeah. and put it in the budget. And that's why one of the most important questions we have in the financial planning context is, what does retirement look like to you? And so because that answer is so different for everybody and based on the answers to that question, there's a different income need based on what you want to do in retirement. Enjoying life for some people means uh, sitting in the rocking chair. It means sitting in the backyard with the pool you built and having the grandkids come over. And for some people, it means never being home and traveling all the time. There is no right or wrong answer, but we do need an answer. And so the answer to that question, what does retirement look like to you in terms of how much free time do you want to serve? How much do you want to give? What do you want to do as far as enjoying life? There's typically a number component to it. And, you know, certainly there is the emotional aspect of it, of, of freedom, uh, but there's also a number component to it. And so what we talk about when we talk about income planning, it's coming up with that number. Yeah, absolutely. And and so that's the first part of what we have to address when we're talking about income yep. within the context of planning. And so, again, this all goes back to what we've talked about for a long time. You go back to any of the previous episodes from Simplify Your Retirement. You go to the class, you read the book, whatever it is, however you come across mm-hmm. it, you're going to see the three-bucket approach to retirement income planning. And for the income planning portion of it, Mm -hmm. that is what we need. We need liquidity, income, and growth. And so, but each bucket and each section has rules. Mm -hmm. And the first rule is really to determine what you need. And so that's what we talked about. But today we want to talk about the rest of the rules around the income planning and how we address that. And and we can throw a link up to this uh, graphic, of course, in the show notes. But obviously we've developed this from a long time ago, copyrighted it. This is our three-bucket approach Mm -hmm. uh, to retirement income planning. Like you said, it's really what makes it simple. A lot of people can uh, look down and see numbers, but it's just easier to see it through a picture. A picture is worth a thousand words. Mm -hmm. And so we'll take someone's entire retirement assets and divide it out into three different buckets like this. And really, the way for people to think about your income plan in retirement, what makes it simple is... Um, is having a number in each one of these buckets. And then when we always say one of the principles is the plan determines the products. Mm -hmm. Once we know how much money should go in each one of these buckets, then we know what investment options are available to choose from in each one of these buckets. And so we've spent a few uh, in in season five, a few episodes ago, talking about the liquid bucket. We don't have to do Mm -hmm. that today. We went over the rules, how much money should be in the liquid bucket. They can go back to one of our previous episodes of this season. Number one, number two, we also talked about the investment options that are available to you in the in, in the liquid bucket. Mm-hmm. And so today what we're going to do is talk about how much you should have in the income bucket, what the income bucket rules are, and what investment options are available to you here. That's what we mean by the plan determines the products. No investment decisions outside the context of the plan is the money that you need to provide liquidity. Is it for income? Is it for growth? We believe there is not, there's no such thing as one portfolio that can do all three things. There are different investments that were were designed and created to fulfill each one of these purposes. Mm -hmm. Some investments were designed to keep your money liquid and safe. Some investments were designed to produce an income stream. Some investments are designed to grow your assets. Let's use those particular investments for that particular purpose. When someone does that, it makes it simple, but also leads to a great deal of peace of mind. So today we're focused on the income bucket. And what I want to say about that is 
um, we, we go in this order and it's not by accident. We look at liquid income and growth because you take all of your assets that are all of your assets designed, mm -hmm. designated for retirement. And we fill these buckets in this order. And so if you go back and listen to the liquid bucket episode, you're going to find out why we say you have to put this much money in your liquid bucket, but no more than that. Because whatever money we don't put in the liquid bucket is available for the income bucket. Whatever money we don't put in this bucket is going to be available for the growth bucket. But it has to go in this order. And today we're talking about the second bucket, which is the income bucket. When a lot of people come to retirement income planning, if they don't, they've been doing it on their own, or maybe they talk to a stockbroker or just a normal advisor who knows how to grow the assets. Yeah. And this is what they're used to. They grow their assets. They save in the 401k. They invest it. They invest. Yeah. And so when they get to retirement, a lot of times, all they think they have to do is change their allocation. And now in one portfolio, mm -hmm. they have to keep their money liquid for emergencies. They have to keep that money safe for emergencies. They need to draw income because they don't have enough just Social Security to cover their expenses. Mm -hmm. And they have to grow their assets yeah. to, to keep up with inflation. Right. And they try to do all of that in one. Yeah. I always like it when people compare me to normal advisors. That's first of all. <laughs> okay. So I always say, well, what, what does that make me? If the normal advisors, you no, know, I, I know normal. what I mean. The traditional, yes. <laughs> the traditional financial advice is, yeah, tinker with the asset allocation. Everything's going to be fine. And we always like to tell everybody, look, there is no, there is no one portfolio that can keep your money liquid, draw an income from it, keep it safe or, or, or continue to let it grow. Um, first of all, that is not possible for one portfolio to do all three of those things. Number two, it's not efficient uh, for a portfolio to do that. Number three, there's a lot less risky, a lot less expensive ways to do it than doing it like that. But the sad part is, is that uh, what you just mentioned is the way a lot of people do it. Mm hmm. They go into retirement and they've had all their money at risk. And so it's what got them here. They think it's just what's going to get them through. And the reason why I say that's a sad thing is that because it doesn't lead to freedom. Okay. It doesn't lead to peace of mind because then, you know, everyone's always afraid their whole life because everything's tied to the market. Should we be spending this much money doing this, that, or the other? Um, do we, do we have enough money safe? Do is, if we spend this money to buy this thing or go on this vacation, is our income stream going to go down due to the market? That's mm -hmm. why we segment it out. We say, this is the money you need for liquidity. Here's the investment options that are available for that. We know that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the income bucket. There are some rules here yeah. that we want to talk about today that people need to understand about how much of your assets should you allocate towards income? What investment options are available for that? And our overarching philosophy has always been protect the income, grow the rest. Yes. The reason we say that is because that was the entire reason we have saved our entire life is so that one day we could make work optional. One day we could walk out the door and have an income stream that we can produce from our investments free from risk mm -hmm. without us having to go back to work. So the whole reason we uh, we uh, deferred our income in retirement, the whole reason we, we stayed disciplined, the whole reason we sacrificed, set aside money was to produce an income stream. So I can never understand why someone gets to this point and decide, you know what I'm going to do? Now that I got to retirement, I'm going to continue to put all that money at risk. You have enough money to produce the income stream you need in retirement. Don't risk that portion. Mm-hmm. Again, we're going to tell people to take a risk with some of their money in retirement, but not the portion of money you need for an income stream. 
that was the whole reason we saved our whole life. So protect the income, but grow the rest. And that is the in between, between the extremes, yeah. right? Because we talked about one extreme, yeah. but then we also have the other extreme that people walk through and they say, you know what? I'm sick of the market. I'm sick of the roller coaster. I'm, I'm at retirement and I don't want the ups and downs of the market anymore. And so they swing the pendulum completely the other way. And they say, okay, everything's going to be safe. And they they try to keep it liquid, keep it safe, Mm -hmm. draw an income and grow it all in the bank. And so protect the income, grow the rest is that in between. It's the happy medium. It's the balance that gives that peace of mind and allows you to be able to have confidence in retirement. And the tough part is that most people think that those are the only two options they have. I have two extremes. Either I have to take no risk with my money and barely keep up with inflation, or I've got to keep my money at risk and there's a potential risk that I'm going to lose it all. And so I either have, I have two extremes that I don't really love either one of them, but there is something in the middle. There are other options than just saying I have to have all my money at no risk. Everything needs to be principal guaranteed, or I have to have all my money at risk. Um, and part of planning is determining how much of that money you should have no risk with, how much of your assets you should have risk with. We believe here a couple of very important things. Number one is there is no such thing as a bad investment, only a bad fit. The, the, the plan determines the products. Um, and, and the other one is that most people need all kinds of investments even throughout their lifetime. So in other words, it should never come down to I 100% of my money should have no market risk. 100% of my money should be all at risk. We don't believe that. We believe that people should have some money that has no market risk whatsoever, some money that should be at risk. But it's determining which amounts you can afford to have in each one of those types of categories. That's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. In last last episode, we talked about budgeting, you know, from from the standpoint of you know, how much do you need going out and how much do you have coming in? But in a sense, what we're talking about here is budgeting. And we're telling how much of our money to be in the liquid bucket. And then we pick the best products for that. How much to be in the income bucket, pick the best products. How much to be in the growth. And let's put the rest out there. And the reason for this is is to be able to create the liquidity that people need and want in retirement. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the problem with having one big pile of money that may be significant. In other words, people get to retirement and they may even know intuitively that the amount of money that I have here should be enough for retirement, but I can't touch any of it. That's not the goal. The goal in retirement is to figure out how much of your assets are you going to need for an income? How much can you actually use touch, have available to spend, have fun with all those kinds of things. When you have one big pile of money that you're trying to draw an income from it, grow it and keep it safe and liquid, you're, you're always going to be reluctant to spend any of it. And so if there is a retirement game, if there is a trick to retirement, it is trying to figure out what's the least amount of your assets it takes to produce the income you need. Then the rest of it is available to use for whatever you want. That's important. That's when really it gets fun. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what creates what we would call true liquidity, yeah. right? Where where you can spend it. Yeah. And, and so, like you said, you just can't touch it. If you So if you have everything in one pile of money yeah. and you want to take a trip with your family mm-hmm. and you go in and you take money out, 
but yet you're drawing your income stream from it too. It's like, yeah, I can't do it. It's never comfortable. And, and that's the goal. We want people to be free to, to enjoy life. We want people to, to know, um, this is the money you have available to just spend and do whatever you could risk it. You could use it, you could lose it. And it's going to have no impact on your liquid needs, which was within five years or your income, uh, needs in retirement. That's a great feeling. Sometimes people might ask us a question in retirement. Hey, I want to buy this vacation home. I want to buy this RV. Uh, can I do that? The answer to the question is we look at the plan. Do you have that much money in the liquid bucket? If so, yes. If you have that money in the growth bucket, then yes. As long as your income is protected, it really doesn't matter what you spend your other assets on. The whole goal is protect the income, grow the rest. And so we've already talked about how much money to put in the liquid bucket. Now today, um, I think we need to tell people, you know, how much money should they have in the income bucket. And we have rules. We call them rules for each one of these buckets. And so for the income bucket, the last episode, if anyone wants to go back and listen to it, was on a budget in retirement, how to determine how much income you need in retirement. And so when we talk about the income bucket rules, what you have to do is figure out that number. What is your income need in retirement? And we broke it down last time into two levels. There are living expenses and there are lifestyle expenses. You take those two numbers together and that's your monthly income need in retirement. And so what we tell everybody to start with is you need to solve for the gap. Almost everybody has an income gap and the income gap formula is very simple. And that is take your income need in retirement, which is living plus lifestyle and subtract from that any no any guaranteed income sources. You and I have spent many episodes talking about there's only a few things that can provide someone an income stream they cannot outlive. That is social security, pensions, and annuities. Is there anything else on that list? There's nothing else on that list. This is not complicated. There are only three things that can provide someone an income stream that cannot live. So we'd say take your income need and subtract. What are you getting from Social Security? Do you have a pension? If you do, what is that amount? Do you already have an annuity? What is that going to produce? And then normally when someone has an income need, you subtract the guaranteed income sources. There's normally a gap. So that's the first number we're trying to solve. What is your gap? Because then... We don't need to cover your entire income need in retirement. A lot of times we talk to people and say, hey, I need 10000 a month in retirement. And so they're trying to think, how much of my assets is it going to take to produce 10000 Well, if Social Security is $4,000, then your gap is only six. So we, need, we don't need to cover all 10000 of your income in retirement. We only need to cover 6000 So we need to solve for the gap because then once we know the gap, the next rule is simply this use the least amount of your assets to guarantee the level of income that you need. And, and every time I say that, especially when we're talking in the class and in one of our workshops, we always tell everybody, uh, you know, we don't throw away words here. Every word that we say matters and it's, it's not by accident. So even in that statement that I just made, I said, use the least amount of your assets. The reason why we tell people to use the least amount of their assets, because this bucket is not liquid. You were just talking a second ago how there's true liquidity. There's such a thing as technical liquidity. So even if you have liquid assets in the income bucket, the fact that they get into the income bucket means they're no longer liquid. And what we mean by that is whatever assets we're going to use to produce a person's income stream, we can't touch that for any other purpose. You can't go into this bucket to go on vacation. You can't go into this bucket to buy a car, to make a big purchase. This is simply the number you're going to need to produce your income stream. So it's the least amount of assets 
to guarantee. So obviously what we mean by that is you can't buy more Social Security. You can't buy more pensions. You can buy your own personal pension. You can buy an annuity. So we can look at how much money will we need to put into an annuity to cover the gap. But then I also said use the least amount of your assets to guarantee the level of income that you need. What I mean by that is some people, like we talked about last time, there's living expenses. You're what has to come in to survive. And there's your lifestyle expenses, which is what your desired lifestyle is. Sometimes you meet with people and they want to, at the very least, guarantee everything on the living expenses side of the column. So we'd say to them, okay, what do we need to put into an annuity? Because it's the only thing that will guarantee it to make sure that no matter what, your living expenses are covered. And I'll take a risk with the rest. Some people say, well, no, I mean, I, I, I spent my whole life saving and investing. I want to make sure the bills are paid. I also want to make sure, I want to guarantee I can join this golf club. I can go on these vacations every year and that kind of stuff. And so we can guarantee whichever level of income that they need in retirement. So the liquid bucket rules are determine your income number. We talked about in our last episode, solve for the gap, which is basically just subtracting any guaranteed income sources then determining what's the least amount of assets I would need to guarantee the level of income that I want. And I, and I do think it's absolutely critical uh, for people to understand whatever number we put in the income bucket is not liquid. We have three buckets. The liquid bucket is obviously liquid. Guess what? The growth bucket, the growth bucket will be liquid. You can touch it. You can use it. You can do whatever you want with it. The income bucket's the one that once it's set in there, even if you have liquid assets inside of it, even though you technically could go into this bucket and pull money out, we're just saying for all practical purposes, the money you put in this bucket is no longer liquid. But that does something for you. It actually creates true liquidity. It creates liquid money in your growth and uh, in liquid buckets that you can use. And, and typically by, by segmenting your assets like this, it's taking on less risk. It's less expensive. It's using the least amount of your assets. It's producing more liquidity to do it like this. You know, a, a great way to start this conversation and, and make this happen for someone, if they've never walked through this process before, is just like we offered last time, email us at info at wisewealth.com, and we will get you the Simplify Your Retirement Workbook because if you remember on that workshop on that worksheet that we talked about mm -hmm. in the workbook last time, the budgeting part that breaks it down in between living and lifestyle expenses, right below that on the mm -hmm. same page is where you put your guaranteed retirement income sources. Yeah. And so you have everything you need to solve the puzzle yeah. of the income bucket here mm -hmm. in one place. Absolutely. And that's why we created that sheet uh, to keep it simple. You have your income need on top, guaranteed income sources in the bottom. You have the two pieces of the, of the information you need to solve for the gap. The gap is critical because the gap determines, it's going to determine what the total amount of your overall assets we're going to need to cover that gap. Yeah, absolutely. And so that that's, it's a critical thing to do. And, and I know we're talking about products. We spent a little more time in the liquid, mm -hmm. in the liquid, bucket portion talking about assets, but mm -hmm. um, we may have to have an episode here coming up. I know we've done it before, but just talk about some of the very specific products to be used because there's a lot of confusion around it. Yeah. And, and so that's what we want to do. We want to simplify this and, and clear up the confusion, but, but the confusion, clearing up the confusion starts with what we're talking about here today, which is protect the income, mm -hmm. grow the rest. Yeah. 
right? Because the plan does determine the products. So the products then become secondary. They they're, they're, they help us solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. They're just simply pieces. They can change over time. Products come, products go. There's no special secret. There's no proprietary products. It doesn't matter what people tell you. We all have the same products to play with, mm-hmm. right? There might be a special one that only this company can sell. Right. But that doesn't mean that that is unique in and of itself. Mm-hmm. An annuity is an annuity or a life insurance is life insurance. Mutual funds are mutual funds, right? I mean, what's owned inside of them might be proprietary, but we all have the same same pieces to play with. And so that's the last thing that we do. What's important and what, what people need to understand and what I'm hearing you say here is what we have to understand is the level of income that they want to protect. Well, we're talking about uh, something that's specific. You know what I mean? Sometimes we talk about different products and people talk about, you know, there's bank products and brokerage products and insurance products. And sometimes the mindset is, well, I'll allocate a little bit towards that. Okay. So I hear annuities are good. They produce, let me allocate, you know, X percentage of my, well, that's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. We're not saying just take a certain percentage and allocate it towards certain assets. We're saying solve for the gap, solve for a specific number. And then you know, you know, how much money should I put into an annuity? Well, the answer to that question is, what's the least amount I have to put into this annuity contract to solve for that number in this number of years? It's that easy to a certain extent, mm-hmm. uh, but there is certainly some math involved. There's some consultation involved in that. But very simply, it's not just allocating a certain percentage. It's solving for a specific number. And, and in some ways, that's that's one of those things where you might see the difference between a planner and a salesperson mm-hmm. would be a salesperson might say, well, let's just stick 200,000 in this, in the income bucket. Yeah. Whereas a planner, if we're solving for a very specific number, we might say, no, not 200,000. We need 1,000 or $172,839 right. because it gives a, it answers a specific problem and we're not putting more in there than we need to because we want to create that true liquidity mm-hmm. in the growth bucket. That's why we always tell everybody it, it takes all three of these. You can't protect the income and not grow the rest. Yeah. Uh, so you you want to follow the plan all the way through. We obviously have a book we can send anybody. If this is your first time listening to this podcast and you just found out about us, certainly we have an entire book on the subject Simplify Your Retirement. You can go to our website wisewealth.com and go to the contact us section, request our book. Because I know in these kinds of episodes, we can only go one at a time, but all this stuff builds on each other. So once you have your money in the liquid bucket, now we're on the income bucket. We want to use the least amount of assets. So we're solving for a specific number because we want it. We want the maximum amount of money to be in the growth bucket because the growth bucket's the, the bucket that we're going to use to continue to invest in the market. We want to beat inflation. It's what's going to help us overcome, you know, the big risk in retirement, healthcare, inflation, taxes, all those things. So our goal as planners is not to sell annuities. Our goal as planners is not to sell CDs. You know, our goal in, in, in as planners is to have as much money as possible growing for our clients for as long as possible, but not taking a risk with the part we shouldn't take a risk with. So there, there's two extremes. There, one extreme is, you know what? I'm going to leave all my money in the stock market. I got here by investing in the stock market. So therefore, I'm going to take out 4% a year, 5% a year. I'm hoping my portfolio continues to average 6% a year. So if I'm averaging 6 and it pulls out 5, I should have enough money to do what I need to do. That They're taking on a lot of risk. And, and there's many times we've talked about sequence of returns risk. Now, the average is not the same as the annual rate of return. There's a lot of risk with that. Can it work? 
Can a person leave 100% of their assets at risk in retirement that they need for an income stream? It can work. Is it guaranteed to work? No. Can your person average 6% a year, withdraw 5% a year and run out of money? Absolutely. So what we try to do is as planners say, yeah, our job is to foresee a risk that's out there and say, look, this is an actual potential risk. We need to eliminate that risk or minimize that risk. You can do one of the two and not just say that it's not going to happen. So one risk is leaving 100% of the assets I need to produce an income stream at risk. And the way you do that is simply what we call the 4% withdrawal rate. So whatever this income gap is, let's figure out how much your assets it would take to generate that income stream at a 4% withdrawal rate, even though that number is not guaranteed, even though that's not protected, it's supposedly the safe withdrawal rate. That would be the 100% market risk approach. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it is the 100% risk-free approach. The 100% principal guarantee approach, that is basically saying, I'm going to take 100% of the income gap that I need. I'm going to figure out what's the least amount of money I have to put into an annuity, perhaps with an income rider, and guarantee that number. That is no risk. So some people like to say, well, I'm comfortable with 100% risk. Some people say, I'd rather have no risk. And then we know there's those people that I like a little bit about something down the middle, maybe something in between. And that's why it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And one of the things in our industry is it tends to be all or nothing. And there's different people that have different licenses, different contracts, different types of advisors. Some are not independent, some are whatever the case may be, where sometimes people tend to hear, no, you have to do it all like this. And if you do it like this, then you're good. If you do it like that, that's bad. But the other people over here that are like uh, the investment, they might say, well, no, this is the way to do it. That's the bad. Well, look, there's no such thing as a bad investment, only a bad fit. You have to determine your risk tolerance. You also have to be realistic about the way your the buckets look. So in other words, you may have accumulated a lot of assets over your lifetime. If you have, you might be able to handle more risk than someone who hasn't. If it's going to be close, in other words, if you've accumulated enough assets to produce your income stream, but there's not a lot of margin there for error, you might want to guarantee your income stream because we can't lose. Whereas someone who has maybe accumulated a lot more, they have plenty of assets for it to even go wrong a little bit, then maybe they can take on more risk. So even though for one person, they might need to take no risk in retirement, the other person might be able to, should take on more risk. It doesn't, neither neither one of those are right or wrong. What determines whether or not it's the right investment or the right product or not, or the right, you know, recommendation is each individual client, their income need, their assets, all those kinds of things. There's no right or wrong. That's why, though, it is important to talk to a financial planning firm who is a fiduciary, who is going to be objective, who can look at both guaranteed products and market-based products, do both. And then you can really get a a subjective or sorry, an objective piece of advice and recommendations for the portfolio. And that's part of why even this podcast, mm-hmm. the class, the book, the name is Simplify Your Retirement because it's different for every single yeah. person. And so that's what we help people walk through is uncovering and, and understanding that. How much do they, how much do you need liquid? How much do you want to guarantee from your living and lifestyle expenses? Your answer doesn't have to be the same as somebody else's. That's right. Yep. How much risk do you 
want to take on? How much are you comfortable with? And so it's, it's about your retirement. And so it's, it's very personalized. It is very personalized. That's why these conversations are so important. Yeah. Um, in other words, when we're talking to our clients, talking to people that are meeting with us, uh, that's why we have these clarity conversations, Mm -hmm. these possibilities, meetings, uh, these words are not by accident because we are trying to figure out what a person's needs are. Certainly, we're certainly to give the best possible recommendations and possibilities we can, but it's based on what what your risk tolerance is, what your assets are, all those kinds of things. It's very important for people to understand that, and that's why it's not just um, rewind and repeat. It, it doesn't. It, we're we're not saying to everybody when you come here, everyone's going to get the same exact advice. Okay, you need to always put this much money in your liquid bucket. No, Hmm. the answer to that is different for every person. Mm -hmm. Um, We're always going to recommend a liquid bucket, an income bucket, and a growth bucket. Yes, we're always going to recommend that you protect the income, grow the rest. In other words, Paul, we talked about this for many years. Principles don't change. Mm -hmm. Products might. Yes, recommendations might. Principles don't. And we have five principles that guide us here. And so those principles are not going to change. We're going to say that to everybody. But then the practical application of those principles comes down to the personal conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it's important to have it. And by the way, since I love talking about this subject, <laughs> one of my soapboxes is don't go to a robo-advisor. Okay, a robo-advisor, what I mean by that is some online advisor that has a brain but doesn't have a heart. And so you can go to a robo-advisor, go online to try to get financial recommendations and advice and retirement advice. And guess what? They can spit out a technically sound investment recommendation. But what they can't do is produce a recommendation that is based on your risk tolerance, goals, needs, emotions, feelings, values, all those things that are so extremely important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and when we talk about soapboxes, I, I do remind everyone, you know, you've done this before where you'll teach two and a half hours in an evening on just part of these topics, but we don't want to go two and a half hours on this episode. Never know. Yeah. I mean, we could, <laughs> we could, we could right. so, but, but we are going to yeah. draw this to a close yeah. here. And, and so, uh, again, this is a great topic. We want to make sure people understand this. We've covered this a lot over the past yeah. too. And so, but this is one of seven areas of planning. And so we are going to next time start talking more about the growth bucket Mm -hmm. and and the growth part of the planning, because that is critical as well. Because just like even when we talked about last episode, where some things like healthcare costs actually increase at a higher rate inflation wise than other things do. And so how do you address those? How do you address the unknowns, those things? We're going to get into that next time. Well, it's important because even today, you know, we could spend a lot of time talking about some of the risk of having a market-based approach to income and retirement, sequence of returns risk. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we've done episodes in the past Mm -hmm. on the sequence of returns. So important for people to understand this because most people don't. And most, you know, a lot of financial advisors don't. The Mm -hmm. order that the returns comes in has a dramatic impact on your success in retirement when it comes to income streams. So I think it's important for people to know what their income need is, Mm -hmm. to know what the gap is, then to understand what the options are to cover those gaps. There are certain things that need to be known, Mm -hmm. what your income need is in retirement and what your gap is. Mm -hmm. Those things are known numbers. Then from there, there are different ways to cover that. 
And that's going to, the, the, the ways or the options you have to cover those income gaps are going to be no risk, 100% risk, something in between. And that's not only based on your risk tolerance, Mm-hmm. It's based on your your the size of your assets, how much you save for retirement, how much income you need, those kinds of things. A lot of variables go into that part. Yep, absolutely. And so that is where the protect the income mm-hmm. part of the principle comes into play. And then next time we're going to dive into the grow the rest. Absolutely. And the grow the rest part is, is liquid. And, yes. and if there's anything I want everyone to understand, even listening to this episode today is the reason why it's important to solve for the gap and to figure out your assets that's going to take to cover that income gap is because that portion is not liquid, regardless of the investments that we choose. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are afraid to use certain investments. Well, that's not a liquid investment. Well, it doesn't matter what investments we choose, products we choose in the income bucket. It's not liquid. The goal of retirement planning is to have as much liquid cover your income need, but then also have as much as liquid as possible for you to spend and use and enjoy. And by the way, um, you don't have to be one year from retirement. Your retirement doesn't have to be tomorrow for you to put together this plan. Mm-hmm. We would say to everybody, even with, if you're in the critical 15, five to 10 years before you retire, up to the first five to 10 years in retirement, that critical 15, if you're 10 years away from retirement, we can start to allocate today the amount of assets it will take to generate the income you need to solve for that gap 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's always important to do retirement planning, always. Mm-hmm. But when should someone start start to solve for the gap to get the known number for your income need, to get the known number for the gap? I would say 10 years before you retire. 10 years or you can do it later than that, but as close as you get to 10 years out, the better because then that's probably the earliest we would start allocating assets towards solving that gap. Mm-hmm. Up until then, we'll continue to take risk with all of it. Yeah, absolutely. But solving the gap earlier is a yes. good thing too, because then at least you you have, as you've always talked about, a reason for knowing how much to save and making sure that it's allocated the right way. And so it doesn't matter where you're at. You know, the the important thing is that you understand these concepts and you start planning as early as you possibly can. If, if there's anything that we hear more and more is, I wish I would have known this earlier. And so it's never too early to start planning. Um, you know, and one of the ways that people can do this is, obviously these episodes are meant to help people get a, get a grasp on some of these concepts, but we can't spend all the time, every single episode on everything that everyone needs to know. But there is a great resource that they can do besides just subscribing and watching all these episodes, binge listening to previous episodes, all of that. And that is to read the book, Simplify Your Retirement. So if you want a copy of Stephen's book, Simplify Your Retirement, email us at info at wisewealth.com. And we would love to get you a copy of his book for you to be able to get all of these concepts. Like he said, they're building blocks and be able to build one on the other and be able to gather all these in one place. But certainly subscribe, like, download these episodes, uh, whether you're watching it on YouTube or you're listening to it on the podcast, it makes it easy for you to be able to share it with other people too, because this is not just for me. It's not just for you. It's not just for the person we're going to meet with tomorrow. It's for everyone. Everyone needs to be able to plan like this. And so we want to make this information available. Thank you, Stephen, for making this information readily available for everyone. 
for taking time out of your busy schedule to be able to teach people and to be able to talk through these concepts and be able to share this information with everyone. And lastly, our biggest thank you goes to you, our listening and viewing audience. You're the reason we do this. We wouldn't be here without you. This is Paul Brock from Wise Wealth reminding you that financial peace comes from having a plan. And we'll see you next time.